right. So we just got back from one of my favorite of our podcasts so far. Todd and I headed into uh, San Antonio to talk to Cody Davenport. So Cody's the CEO of the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo, which would be a tough job anyway, but especially right now we're in the midst of a global pandemic, COVID-19, and Cody's been tasked with keeping this massive show together. It's one of the only of the big rodeos that are sort of still running right now, and he's doing a great job. So we went in there and talked to Cody about not only how he's doing it, but more so why he's doing it. And there's some great stuff that, that we talked about with him there. But yeah, it's really... That, like that was a good that was a real it was one of our best talks I yeah mean, then there's some we get to delve into you know why what's his why and it you know what it's it's pretty inspirational you know yeah. this guy is not doing all of this because of some corporate money deal like he's doing it to mm. to help the community help the kids right now yeah to yeah. step that up and when that, you know they're the ones that are that are getting the brunt of all of this a hundred percent and cody he one thing the a reason we connected so well with him is he he does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and he can see the benefit of having to go through these struggles like we do in Jiu Jitsu and he's now doing we are all doing in everyday life and in our jobs those struggles are not something we should hide from so we talk about that with Cody one thing I really enjoyed visiting with Cody there is the fact that he's like you said it's not just a corporate role for him it's not about the money he's actually from South Texas here grew up in South Texas he went to Texas A&M University here and he's passionate about Texas and about the South Texas culture and tying all that into what they do there at the rodeo so yeah like maintaining the heritage of this and seeing the impact beyond just you know an event us me being one of those kids that grew up in South Texas and knowing the impact of you know not just rodeo but like all the stock shows and what the, you know, and, and the FFA groups and the 4-H groups and the, the raising livestock and, and that part of the culture, the, the whole ag mechanics part of it, what those yeah. kids learn from it. And right now, when those all these kids who are growing up, you know, in the times of when we got to run around with our buddies and act like fools and, you know, yeah. you know have the whole time period of, you know, having fun and running around like, you know, crazies, they're all getting locked down. I mean, can you imagine being locked down for an entire year, the way these poor kids are and being having to, you know, go around with masks on and can't go to school and can't see your friends. And like, that's got to be a mental toll that these kids are taking right now. And this is an outlet for, I understand the impact that this pandemic is doing to elderly people and people with, you know, comorbidities and, you know, all that. I get that. I'm not dumb to what this deal is, but we're looking, we're overlooking what we're doing to our kids. And these kids are not being, they're not at risk and we're just ignoring what it's doing to them and the opportunities that we're taking away from them on their, in their childhood. Yeah. And that's, you know, something that we touched on a huge part of what we talk about in today's podcast with Cody is is in the why they're doing that. And yeah. so and I mean I was guilty of when I, when we went there for the for the podcast, I was thinking, Oh, it'll be cool, we'll talk about the rodeo and yeah. I totally overlooked the why they're doing it. And that guy, he is passionate about why they're doing it and a huge and the main reason they're doing it is for the next generation. And yeah. You know, and with that why, seeing that as a motivation, like how he takes that and uses that to motivate him in the how he's doing it too mm-hmm. right i love it that was this this is a great interview I, I really hope you guys enjoy it half as much as we did yeah it was really a fun I, one i had a blast so i hope yeah. you enjoy here we go 
Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game-changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. In that first season, the Ultimate Fighter, they the public could see that they were real people. Like you know, some of them were school teachers. I think we are on. We're rolling. We are rolling. Who's yeah. There'll be times where I'll kind of check in. We may need to make sure that you know we stay. Make sure we project into that a little bit. Yeah. But we check one deal. Oh, there we go. We are on. So I know, like. You and you and Brendan know each other from acquaintances before and stuff. Today, me and you she met for the first time. Right. Your wife's come out and rode with me and, and known through her. Very impressed with you, by the way. <laughs> I got to <laughs> stop talking about but your horsemanship skills. <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't take much. <laughs> but it's kind of it's nice to meet you, and it's kind of yeah. really cool to to kind of get in here and kind of get a little bit of a backstage. You know what really goes on behind the rodeo and the you know the experiences of some of that there's you know some like definitely some cool questions that i have about about the rodeo and i think a lot of people don't really get you know the intention behind some of it too sure that i think is like misconstrued or misunderstood that this is just you know something that's you know for the good old boys deal or something like that yeah for sure just that but for sure man there's just so much of this is all driven towards the kids and i think that's such a cool deal yeah absolutely i mean i tell people all the time if it was if it was just a good old boys club and if it was just a tight rodeo type crowd, then there's, there's no way that we would be able to have, you know, 6,000 volunteers. Yeah. You know, that, that type, the good old boys club's not going to drive that many people there. So, you know, that in itself is a testament of the diversity of what all is offered in the world of agriculture out here. And then quite frankly, you know, you, you have to have a mission Our people are one, you can't drive them to come to you and two, they're not going to last. So, yeah. so you have to have a pure mission that is easily defined and that everybody can rally behind. And you know, you hit it, you know, the, the youth side of things. So we're education and youth in the, in the state of Texas. And obviously we're agricultural driven. So there's a lot of people out there that can, that can grab that and get behind that. When they get to experience these kids down here and see both the competitions, the environments that we treat for a healthy, uh, that we have in a healthy competitive environment, as well as being able to reach out and just help kids in their education. They get to see those kids, see what kind of, you know, good kids they are and things. And it's tangible. They can take that and it keeps them driven. So yeah, the days of a good old boy club are long gone. Well, there was some good stuff about some of that stuff. And it's what what keeps it going, right? Absolutely. I mean, you you don't want to neglect that either. That's part of rodeo, right? No, I mean, we are, we're Texas through and through. I mean, we're an agrarian group. Uh, We we respect the world of agriculture and that in itself, you know, I guess you'd call that a club, but Diversity, when I talk about diversity inside of agriculture, it's that we have kids that come down here that might come from rodeo families, like our youth rodeo competitions. Yeah. Pretty pure, you know. That's and what that's pretty expect. new. That's pretty big, yeah. right? Yeah. We're uh, bringing them up. We've got to grow the sport. Yeah. I call it, we have to protect the sport. Yeah. yeah. Even if these kids don't decide they're going to pull their cards and try to run up and down the trail as PRCA contestants, they don't go pro. It doesn't matter if they've experienced youth rodeo and stuff like that. 
they bought in. They're one of us. They're going to be rodeo fans. They're going to back the sport. They're going to become part of that culture that promotes and protects rodeo. So anytime we get kids involved, we started college rodeo. We talk about, you know, just the youth rodeo side of things. That's the younger kids up through high school. Right. But not too far back, we started college rodeo as well. We're out there and we're educating these kids, helping them with college scholarships and stuff like that. Well, what's a better match than allowing a kid who quite possibly might have to give up the sport of rodeo because yeah. they can't afford to pay their tuition, cover everything, and pay? We all know it's it's not a cheap sport to go up and down the road like that. No. So to be able to offer these uh, rodeo kids on the college side, said we want you to stay engaged in the sport. We want you to stay competitive there. We're going to help you take care of your school side of things so you can stay in there. And uh, we've been helping a lot of the different rodeo teams and programs out there. So I've been real proud of how we have taken the sport and not just focused on the pros and us selling inside that arena, but by helping that entire younger generation come up underneath us in the sport as well. Yeah. And then there's the other side of it that's just as big, but the livestock, you know, youth show stuff. Uh, yeah, it's huge. <laughs> huge, huge. Huge. How, what? So I know this year is like the wackiest year ever on record yeah, no <laughs> doubt what is your entries up in that down in that no you know when we when back in october when we had to decide whether we were going to be able to go forward or not you're making projections all over the place in the dark and we were concerned about would the families travel would they show you know what what is what's happening out there and we were able to watch some other ones like state fair Texas up there in Dallas, they went through and we watched their entries. But then we had to stand there as we watched, you know, all these other shows stand down. So yeah. we were dealing with bits and pieces of information. But to answer your question directly, we are actually 100% on par with our five-year average of entries as I sit here today. Yeah. Wow. So these kids and That's these families, wow. they want out. They want they yeah. want out. And, you know, we forget guys like us, this is just another year to us, right? We're going to keep, yeah. we're in the we're going to keep yeah. producing every year. It's all good, but there's a bunch of kids out there that are seniors, and this is it. Yeah, no kidding. This is their shot. This is the big accumulation of their entire show career. They get one shot, and so that was one of the things that drove us a lot, too. Like, we have to have this because we can't have an entire generation of seniors out there, the pinnacle of their show careers, have to stand down and miss this opportunity. So we're real, as, real happy of the amount of entries and the support we've had from the families and the industry on the show side. Again, as we sit here today, we're in great shape. Yeah, that's yep. man, that's awesome. But that's one thing that since I've known you and been around the, the San Antonio rodeo scene, it's impressed me is how on the surface people might see a, a rodeo, but so much of what drives it is that the community, it's really community-based down here. For sure. Like the South Texas culture and, and it involves the youth and, and that. Obviously, that's something you guys try to do actively, right? Yeah, we, we figure it's it's quite frankly part of our job. I mean, yeah. we have to educate the youth. We have to keep them, you know, involved in all this stuff. But then you, you nailed it. When you talked about, you know, South Texas culture, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, quite frankly, it's part of our responsibility yeah. to be able to showcase and be a window to our culture here. Yep. You know, be it through rodeo, be it through the different productions we do, you know, all over the place to our ranch rodeo side mm -hmm. of things. 
we have to promote that culture and we're the window to it because we have so many people that are not from here yeah and everybody moves here and they expect us all to be riding horses to work and stuff yeah. <laughs> you know but but that, that's what they visualize down here well, yeah. well you know what i have ridden my horse to work not here but in concave yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah i know you have too but yeah. you know we can every day forward but i can more like a tube i tube my way yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've done the tube and the horse <laughs> actually swam the horse in the river with tubers around me so, uh, so there you go, go. But no, I think that that is a lot of our duty is to to expose that culture yeah. to everybody that lives here. And San Antonio is so unique too. I have, a, I, have a, I have such an incredible platform to work on. Yeah, you know, I go to these different rodeos and I work with my counterparts in different rodeos. And every region has its own culture. Yeah, like Pendleton. Yeah, you know, for, you know the, you're familiar with the world yeah. in the background there. Yeah, Pendleton has its own culture. Yeah, South Texas. I mean, who doesn't know our culture? From you know, if you ever watched lonesome dog yeah you know anything you picture south texas and it has such a unique culture mm. and then we have the blending of you know the the german heritage the hispanic heritage you know the normal anglo heritage yeah. we have such a blending of cultures here it is fun to work in yeah. this environment there's yeah. a lot of people that don't realize that like how much of the german heritage and the hispanic heritage and For sure all of that i mean it just we're like right in the middle of all of it. Yeah, we sit smack dab in the middle of it all. You know, you think about the sport of rodeo itself and the vaqueros that were that came across yeah. and how skilled they were, you know, with the, the ropes and the handling of the brush country back in the days. I'm a big history buff, so, yeah. you know, back in the days when they were having together, these cattle, the boys have been off fighting the war. They come back, you know, from Civil War, there's all these cattle roaming all over the place. They had to go together and all the brush and stuff like that. Well, you had to have those skills. You weren't, you weren't farmers anymore. You weren't holding them in an area. Yeah. And the gathering of the cattle and the skills and the blending of the um, vaquero and the Latin culture with the, uh, you know, all these heritage, we're the melting pot right here. Yeah. And the sport of rodeo, even the word rodeo itself, you think of how many Latin words, you know, lie within the sport of rodeo. Yeah. It's really neat to be at the, uh, what I figure is a big portion of the birthplace of the sport of rodeo. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's important these days too with, just with like social media and how easy it is to communicate it, it's, it'll be easy to lose cultures because it's, it's so easy for everything, the lines to blur because you're not in just your town or your city anymore. And I think it's so important that like what you guys are doing here to maintain that it is awesome for people from this area. And for people like me, obviously you can tell by my accent, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a San Antonio native, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm from just up the road. <laughs> but, how, do ever, how do we ever pick that up? <laughs> but I get to learn the things like what you were yeah. just saying by coming to the rodeo and, se- and seeing the historical yeah. stuff. So it, it's it's great. And I think that's as much a, a part of the rodeo here as anything is, yeah. is teaching I, the culture. I, I strongly believe in holding on to your culture and your heritage. Yeah. And- I think it makes us who we are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can you can take pride in that and you derive the good qualities that came from that. Just like, you know, if I'm going to go to Australia, there's things that, that I'm going to expect there and I admire in the culture over yeah. there and I expect to, I don't even want to lose those things. Yeah. The, the, the good parts of our culture, our heritage, you know, we can hold on to and, and be yeah. proud to promote those things. Yeah. So, so like, so we're, so did you grow up around here or where did you, where did you grow up at? Yeah, I actually was born when we left out Concan earlier. Yeah. I was, uh, I was born in Uvalde. Huh. And then my mother moved here, and there was a, as for anybody in the San Antonio, you know, area here will laugh about this. My mother moved to San Antonio for a new high school opening called Churchill High School. <laughs> you know, age her a little bit. Sorry, Mom. But uh, she moved here, and um, I ended up coming with her to San Antonio. Always had family in Uvalde, so we were back and forth, you know, all the time. Yeah. But I kind of, I had the best of both worlds. I had a grandfather that was a, he, he, he was a cattle feeder down in Batesville. 
and he ranched out in West Texas and Sanderson yeah. in those areas and stuff like that. And I really, I look back to my youth and I had it made. I was able to be in San Antonio and be a part of a city, but yet I constantly was back with my grandfather in the Valley and even further West Texas and like that. So I had great influences. I think about my granddad and I got to be raised by, he was a World War II veteran, actually came off the landing craft on D-Day and, you know, just a a man's man, but a gentle soul. Like, you know, I think I admire so much a man's man, but yet can, you know, be, be gentle and calm. And, And he was the epitome of that. And I was able to, you know, so many memories of being out the ranch with him and watching him work with the different people and the, and the different cultures that were with us. We talked about and stuff like that. Yeah. And he loved everybody. And, you know, what a grand experience to get to, for me to get to go and have all that as part of my youth and my heritage growing up wow. and yet being able to be in San Antonio as well. So quite frankly, I, even at a young age, I was very comfortable in both environments. Yeah. I mean, you could drop me, which he did, by the way, <laughs> he dropped me in a goat shack. One day I was, it's kind of a little side story, but I guess I was, uh, you know, about, I guess about 12 or 13, you start thinking you're, you're starting to know everything. Yeah. We're out in Sanderson. If y'all don't know where Sanderson is, way, I mean, way out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> West Texas Highway 90. I mean, we're in the Badlands. Yeah. There's a goat shack there and there's a team of goat shearers there. Didn't even speak any English. And I'm sitting there and I guess I was about 13 and I decided I, you know, pretty much knew what I was talking about. I think I, I said some kind of, you know, talk. I talked back to him at some point. Yeah. And he, uh, he just drove off. <laughs> he didn't come back for a week. A week. <laughs> I was stuck out there with these guys in a goat shack and I, I, I just started having to work with them to be able to eat. Oh, man. <laughs> and at the time, I was like, you know, after the first day, I was like, I can't believe it. And, and you know, this ranch is back in the middle. No, no vehicles. Yeah. I wasn't doing it. I was, I was stuck unless somebody came and got me. And about the first day, I couldn't believe it. You know, I thought, all these things go through your head. I guess what's it, when you go through these cycles of death, you know, you <laughs> yeah, denial. until you accept it. Yeah. And then finally I accepted. I go, well, I hope somebody comes back. I got to go to school at some point. I'm going to be a sheep herd. Yeah, hurt. this is life. I'm going to share sheep the rest of my life, and I better learn Spanish in a hurry. <laughs> and uh, anyways, he showed back up for a week, and he said, well, you, you know, you're going to show a little respect. You ready to go home? Like, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> what a great, you know, I look now, what a great lesson. And, yeah. I, you know, and um, what a great way to handle it. You know, he didn't blow up on me or, yeah. or, or throw a big, he just, all right. And uh, yeah, and that's the way he like handled everything. Things. And I, I, as an adult now, I just turned 54 years old last week. So as an adult, I'm able to look back and think, what a great way to teach me to keep my damn mouth shut, but not, yeah. walk, you know. You know, there's a lot of that, though, that I grew up the same, you know, outside of San Antonio and I grew up in Marion and, you know, we didn't have a big ranch. We had, you know, four or five acres and mom and dad, you know, we did all kinds of stuff, raised animals. I showed pigs here at San Antonio. Stock hey, there Show you go. Rodeo. <laughs> and, Our largest show, by the way. I don't know how it yeah. was at that time. That's well, a, it's the only thing that's quite huge. affordable anymore. That yeah. or chicken or something. It's expensive <laughs> yeah. now, for sure. But that was probably one of the, the things that I learned through agriculture so much more than just feeding something, but, you know, this the caring for something else that wasn't, you know, that had a, another living being that, but, you know, how to manage my money, how to, how to, how to, you know, put the effort in, how much I had to, you know, dedicate to it, you know, getting in there and getting dirty. And there's so much of that, that, you know, these, you know, just not only the scholarships, right. But that these kids can learn through, through the struggles of doing it. Like, that's the biggest thing, right? No doubt. No doubt. I think that when we it's talk lost. a lot about education of youth, you know, not too many times because we have to, but we focus so much on the the monies raised at the junior livestock auction for the kids yeah. that are showing and coming up there. And we focus on the dollars and scholarships that we give out to, you know, 
formal education through school and then, and, yeah. and we're getting into trades now. Yeah, we're, that's awesome. Big deal there. And we're, we're very much proponent of that. But there's so much education to youth. I, I have a, uh, you know, I know you you mentioned you have kids about middle school age a little bit. Yeah, they're 10, 12, 13. Yeah, right, right at that critical turning point. Yeah. 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 yeah, they're just now finding out I don't know everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can trick them a little bit further, hopefully. But I think that, you know, like I, I now have, I have a daughter who's a junior in college and my boy is a, a senior in high school. And I think the education, like, of not so formal, just the dollars, but things that you're talking about, like, some being responsible for something that's reliant upon you. You don't have the luxury of a video game that you can just shut off and come back to, you know, mm-hmm. when you feel like, and there's really no substance to it, but something that is relying upon you to remain, you know, you don't have, you can't just say, I don't feel like feeding today. Yeah. You know, it's cold outside, it's wet, I'm not going to feed, I'm not going to work this animal or whatever, this thing's relying on you. So the sense of responsibility and there's something about it that makes you realize that, you you know, there's so many things bigger than you out there. You're not it. You know, yeah. you, you know, there's something bigger out there that you you are a part of and you have to take care of. And I think it's great for, you know, youth to to learn that. And then the areas of like right now, I'm, I'm extremely proud. I talk about this a lot. I come home each night from a day like here at, at the office and my son, when well, my daughter was here for Christmas, did the same thing. They're like, Dad, how was your day? I'm like, well, you know, it was it was kind of tough. You know, today I had to deal with, you know, certain, you know, political levels that I had to try to make sure that we're all on the same page to make sure we can move forward. I had to figure out logistics here on how we're going to test these people and keep it safe. And I had to figure this and this and this and this and this. And they're sitting there and they're actually interested. They're asking all these things. Then I realized all of a sudden, you know, what these shows that we're doing with these kids out there and what's happening right now, we're showing them how to find ways out of the box, how to, how to bob and weave, how to persevere, how to move forward, how mm-hmm. if you truly believe in something, how to keep pressing on that. And don't just give up if you truly believe in it. Yeah. And sacrifices, you know, um, I talk, it, it seems so silly, but a mask, wearing a mask and things of that nature are going to be required of us inside of our show right here. Well, how many of us really, you know, want to wear a mask and believe in that stuff like that? Yeah. But doing things for the greater good. I look at all of our volunteers now and they're bought into it. They're, they're in. I'm like, we have given our promise, our word to officials that have, quite frankly, the ability to shut us down if they feel like that. We have given them there are word that we will wear these masks and do this. And you can't put yourself in front of the greater good. You can't put yourself in front of those kids. We're not going to get shut down over this. I need you to make a personal sacrifice so that we can keep these kids in line and keep doing this. And my kids are listening to all these stories and stuff like that. And I start realizing if you never win a scholarship, if you never make it an auction and you never get a premium stuff like that, there are so many kids out there that are watching the actions of us as adults. And I hope like hell they're learning lessons in that and they're getting education out of what and how we are handling things in these environments right now. And that could carry even longer in life than anything. You learn how to persevere. Yep. You learn how to move forward and stuff like that. You know, I can hand you money. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the biblical, I can, I can hand you a fish or I can teach you how to fish. Yeah. Right? You know, the, I can hand you money and it'll help you. Sure. And it can have some short term effects, things of that nature. But if we can teach you boat. and they can watch us as a generation right now, have to deal with this, this craziness that we're in, then when it's their turn, you know, maybe they'll remember those lessons and say, no, I'm not, you know, we can make mm-hmm. this work. I, you know, I think that's out. really an important thing right now. I have, you know, I'm very lucky in where I work and what I do that I can be as hard headed of Jack Tart as I, as I <laughs> want to be because I'm in my backyard all the time. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, yeah, yeah. and I am I'm like, I think it's misconstrued on a lot of stuff and I have to kind of like pay attention to how I affect other people and the things that I say, but you know, like, the, you know, like, what about the science? Like the science is not supporting, you know, and I feel like, you know, but then I start to 
think about, you know, I guess the biggest pro- the biggest problem that I have with all of that stuff is that we're all sitting around worrying about killing somebody's grandma. But the effects that we're putting on these kids, the, oh, the, yeah. what, the what we're putting them with the burden yeah. on is that it's their responsibility for somebody other's, somebody else's grandma. And they, man, the mental stress that we're putting these kids on under that they've got to go to school and they've got to comply and they've got to do all these things for this, you know, not even a proven right. fact that they are, that this is actually a place for a lot of these kids to be able to come and be and get a little bit of normalcy again. You, bet. you know, they get out and, and work with their animals. And, yep. and I think the hardest thing for anybody or the easiest way for anybody to lose track of what's real and what's reality is the, the further you get from your food source, the tougher it is to know what reality is. No like, there's no doubt, man. Yeah. That's that. That's one of the greatest lessons I ever learned was playing around with all, you know, all the livestock because you're so close to your food source. Reality is in your face all the day, all the time. Absolutely. 100%. You know, we talked about the food source and we've gotten into, you know, some programs that are related to farming and things of that nature too, because people forget that too. Like we think of the the meat animals as the food source, but you know, but no, I think that going back to my food source, that's, (laughs) yeah, yeah, mine's limited. I need more. I guarantee you I could use a little more vegetables here and there. (laughs) I think this time is is it's stressful on on all of us. We all have you know different uh, opinions. It seems right now and viewpoints. And you know, I'm 100 percent with you on you know if we were to go into the virus discussions and things like that. Sure. But you know, uh, at the at the end of the day, what I do at home or what I do you know on my own is is mine. When I walked in here and I had, there's no way I could put on those competitions that you're talking about to mm-hmm. get these kids into without without doing this. And I was cornered. Yeah. You know, this is it. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, am I going to tap out? Or am I going to try to move? Yeah. Into exactly. position? So it was like, all right, we're going to move. I'm going to accept that they got me there, but we're going to move and we're going to do this, but then we're going to move and we're going to keep, we're going to keep going forward Yeah, and make that thing happen. So I spent a lesson for me because it's funny. You talk about your hard headedness. Yeah. Before I ever came here, I had quite a lot of freedom in what I did too. Mm-hmm. And there's been many times I've had to check my, you go at the door yeah, and, said, and, and to yeah. make sure that I'm protecting that I'm still going forward. Yeah. And I feel the same way. Like I, I, I hope that I'm growing in my, you know, maturity too at the same time. And where I realize that, you know, like I, you know, I'm as, as hard headed as it comes on certain stuff, but at the same time, like I'm, the last thing I want is to put somebody else's yeah. other in jeopardy. I'm like, that's not, yeah. That is not the issue. You're not waking right? up in the morning and say, I want to take granny. Like, no, <laughs> man. You know, but the also the same thing that I think a lot of people are not addressing. And you guys are like, you, you're stepping in this with the right frame of mind. Like, it's not about all of that. It's about like, what are we doing to our kids? Like, this yeah. is the future. Yeah. And if we don't take care of them, I mean, like the the amount of, of mental stress on these kids right now, whenever they're, they get, get to hang out with each other oh, yeah. to see each other. They're, they're socially getting, you know, held down. And just like with our deal, like one of the biggest things about, you know, we have in common also is, is jujitsu. Yeah. I, and, you know, you train out of Ohana yep. and that's the meaning of it is family. Yeah. Like it is, it's just as much that, you know, I, I am over at Rodrigo's and it's all about, you know, family and honor and everything else and it is we're all good friends and you know beyond all that kind of stuff yeah all the jiu-jitsu stuff too it's it forms the tighter family through adversity right oh absolutely i mean yeah i think of uh 
Well, I mean, if we're going to go on the jujitsu world, you know, we're all, we, all, we all do it. You guys are way more advanced than me, so I'm not even trying to put myself in this category. But it's like an addiction. I mean, I equate it to absolutely everything yeah, you know, know. in life. Now I can find some yeah. kind of parallel. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, going back to teaching these kids not to not to give up and yeah. not to be scared and to keep moving, you know, jujitsu to me is like the purest form of that in the sense that, I can work through a day here and maneuvering the politics and the monies and all these type of things. And, and I, you know, you're moving, you're figuring how to go forward over that. But, but there's nothing more pure than jujitsu to show you those things. And when I train every morning, I can't, I truthfully cannot imagine going through this environment at work right now. If I did not have jujitsu as part of my life, yeah. these guys I train with are, you know, they're brothers of mine, you know, you, you can't, they were tight and I get all this out in the morning and then you put me in a room with a bunch of people and they want to start attacking me over a shutdown or, or, you know, this and that. I'm like, what? I just had a guy's knee driving into my ribs and I couldn't breathe. And he's sitting there telling me, find your peace, son. Yeah. You got, you got nothing on me. And uh, the, the culture is hard to explain unless you really have done jujitsu, but the culture you're describing of honor and, you know, working as a team and helping each other, but yet at the same time, gonna you're gonna push each other to the limit, mm-hmm. and uh, you're gonna choke your brother out to, to help him advance. Yeah, you know all those things we have in the world of agriculture as well. I was gonna say there's so many similarities. I think yes. that's why there's that draw between that. You know, those things are, are caught up in it. Is that you know the what's the one commonality between you know agriculture life? It's a struggle. Like ain't none yeah, of it yeah, easy. Cost of battle. Right. It's the in and jujitsu is the original sport of yeah. you know, wrestling, you know, the, that struggle. And the original, you know, job was ranching and farming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't start any close to that. And both and both of them many times you ask yourself, what in the hell am I yeah. doing? <laughs> well, and, then, yeah. and then the original rancher and the original farmer. They went at it, yeah. <laughs> and only one came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's like yeah. A, yeah, it's like a lot of a lot of struggle for a very little reward. Yeah. But the reward, it's like a really satisfying. Reward, yeah. Well, and know? it and it creates like I think that's the crazy part about it is that it creates a tighter bond, right? Because you meet you like your grandfather that was you know man, I can't imagine coming in on landicraft craft oh, yeah. that. Like, did oh. you imagine? But I would bet you money twenty years ago when there were still more of those guys around. Whoever he had, you know, rode that landing craft with or survived that thing with have been friends from that point on oh, for sure. Context, right. Yeah. And how the, the friendships birth through the fire. And that's what I think that it, it's what you're doing. I think right now it's like that's got to be the coolest thing about it yeah. is that you're, you have an opportunity to help these kids at this time understand how to get through that struggle. Yeah, right. Sure. How they can embrace it and go on instead of crumbling underneath it. Like, yeah. That's what our whole country is built on. Absolutely. And in particular, this state. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I mean, uh, trust me, I'm American through and through, but I'm very proud of being a Texas and we definitely yeah. had our trial by fire here. Yeah. But yeah, you know, equating jujitsu to every day, what we're doing to, it helped us push to make this show happen this year. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I tell my team, my staff, and they, we're not, we're not cornered. Yeah. Yeah. Not, we're in a bad spot and we're under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, you know, just like when you're rolling the morning, you know, there's a bad spot and I'm, I'm trapped under pressure, but there is a way out. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to think. A, you have to think under pressure. You got to yeah. think and relax and yeah. breathe and say, I will find a way to work through this. Yeah. And we use that, you know, here every day in this environment right now. And then healthy competition, you know, what bonds you more than healthy competition. Yeah. And we try to come, you know, build platforms here for the youth in all of our events 
to be competitive and teach you there is a winner. Yes. This is life. Yeah. This is life. And there's going to be a winner. It's oh, not and the, the whole, everybody gets trophy horseshit. Yeah. <laughs> there there, there yeah. is a winner, but it's gotta be for especially when they're young, it's gotta be a, a healthy competitive environment. So in that, I always say with with people that I'm giving lessons and, and teaching about courses and stuff like that, you know, it's one thing when we teach them all the you know fundamentals and whatever else, but to create the great competitor or to create the horse that is moves to a high level there's a point where accountability has to be taught right mm-hmm. and same thing with the teaching the fighter yeah right is that then you know that's fine i can tell you what punch to throw and what but to do but you eventually gotta, you got to know it and that's where like for me where fight martial arts and horsemanship and agriculture all ties together is like there's being there's there's nice and then there's kind and sometimes like being kind isn't very nice like yeah. so for me the kind thing to do getting ready a fighter ready for a fight it might not be nice he might not like it same as training a horse to take it to the next level and mm-hmm. same as the thing that you learn as a youth in like the agriculture field is it's not always nice you know and and it's so common in the world today for people to want to bubble wrap the kids away from that anything that's not nice keep them away from it and and but the problem is you're going to have to push further and further away from what's real to keep things nice, you know, and, yeah. and therefore like people lose touch with reality and then they lose the, the ability to cope under pressure. Yeah. And it all just comes back to, to that, you know. So sometimes basically whether you're doing jujitsu, running a business, working, ranching or some, anything like that is there comes a point where you're going to have to think under pressure and do something that might not be very nice that day, and you and you got to do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, like getting left at a goat pen <laughs> for left a week. At a goat yeah. shed. Okay, that wasn't very nice. But you, don't, <laughs> but but for, you, you know didn't what? forget that. Yeah, <laughs> I learned, and in the long run, it sure as hell was nice. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. exactly. And you're the same thing on the you know in the training side of things. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You, being nice, what, what good's that going to give you? No. Yeah. You put throw me in a competition and let me get completely destroyed. Yeah. You know? And, and I mean, man, you, you see that though. You see that there are gyms around. And that's one thing where jiu-jitsu has always been, Brazilian jiu-jitsu has been stronger is there was not that culture. It was a pretty hardcore culture. But there's some martial arts where it would be make the students feel good and look good. Yeah. But it, it wasn't real. Which and then being nice. And then, yeah. They're going to get hurt. And then they get in the real world yeah. thinking they've got the skills and they don't. Yeah. So, and that's the same thing with like the youth, you know, like mm-hmm. if you want to hide them from hardship forever, there's going to be a time where in their life when they can't and man, that's going to hurt them. Whereas doing what you're talking about with that you guys are doing through the rodeo is teaching them healthy competition and how to handle pressure and all that stuff. By the time they're older and they get some real pressure, they've already experienced yeah. it. So it's so important. No, right? you're right. And these competitions out here are built like that. They're a bunch of losers. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> all these kids that come and show all the different livestock and, you know, make the different ag mech stuff and, you know, all that, it's majority of them, it's not their first time. That's right. You know, it's year after year, and 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 then they, yep. majority of them do not win their first year. And you got, you know? and you now know something that equates to all sports, right? You got to put in the time. Yeah, exactly. You're not just going to rifle. So you're not going to walk in there in your first year of showing, or you, sh- you shouldn't, and just win it all. No, and yeah. you know what? That's where you see the ones that like fall off the deep end later on because it was just so easy, and then yeah. they just didn't like. That's a, almost the like, worst thing you could have happen. They yeah. do not know what it's like to take a punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Say okay, exactly. I can still That's move. True. You know, you're right, and. And we take pride in that. And there is sometimes, you know, that our competitive environment here gets gets pretty damn competitive. Yeah. But we're believers in that now. Yeah. And we take pride in that with what we're offering, the platforms for these kids to compete on. 
Yeah. And all funds. You mentioned, you know, AgMEC and the trades and things like that. Oh, gosh, Whole other yeah. segment there. There's, there's opening up right now that's so important to us. We're creating great competitions inside of that as well for those type of kids. You know, I, I so one of the things that I, I competed in in high school was I was on the AgMEC team. And God, we had, to, we had to know how to do everything in the yeah. competitions, right? And like, shout out to Jimmy Misseldine, like the best teacher ever, like one of the best. He was our ag teacher in Marion and like led our little bitty school to like national championships and so many things. But man, you talk about a guy who could lead. He was there all the time. He was there for all the kids. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm 51 years old. Like I still, you know, he's still one of those guys yeah. who was a major influence on not just me, but like all these other kids. But yeah. what's crazy about San Antonio, I love about San Antonio, right? Is that some of your most successful individuals in San Antonio are construction guys. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're like, they're industrial dudes, you yeah. know? And that's not just that because they were just the hardest working, like so many of them are the most like intelligent and hardworking and applicable in all of their deals. And they stand behind it with all these kids. Like one of, I know one of your, you know, biggest contributors to these kids is like Ronnie Urbanzik. Is yeah. One of them. yeah. Like that. Yeah. He's one of our executive board members. And, yeah. And yeah. one of those guys that is like poured back into it every single time. He's just a guy that, you know, worked his tail off and got to where he was at, you know? You know, I think that I don't, the world of agriculture seems to attract that type of person, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to bring your guys that can get their hands dirty, but yet it should have high intelligence and, you know, been very successful in business for multiple reasons like that, but they can yeah. get their hands dirty. Yeah. And they they're can not get afraid of that work. They can get smack dab in the middle of, of anything. And it attracts that type of person out here. And yeah, Ronnie is a great supporter of ours. We have a whole army of, of people like that. Yeah, he's just one that I know of. But you know, yeah. like you see it over and over, all the different builders and subcontractors, and and you know, from all around. And they're all big supporters of the agriculture industry. Yes, they are. Yeah, construction is one of our biggest industries supporting us yeah. here. Um, but no, it attracts that type of, of person. Yeah, it does. That's a cool group. Too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Cody, I'm interested. Uh, you mentioned. That like doing jujitsu here helps you with your role, like right as far as like in your management role, just all, all that sort of thing. When you took on the, the job you have here now at the San Antonio Rodeo, were you already doing jujitsu, or is it something you took up after that? Or yeah, no, okay. So I've been now what two and a half years in jujitsu mm-hmm. and just a blue belt. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. That's the most important belt. I earned it. <laughs> Nobody could give it. Yeah. You know, I had to go earn it. Yeah. That, that's, that is yeah. the most important belt, I think. No, I, and I love it. But, you know, I, I started it almost simultaneously. So mm-hmm. I had previously had a lifestyle that was far more flexible. You're talking about the building and stuff like that. You know, I was there in Concan and um, we were running the lodging on the Frio River and stuff like that. And I was mm-hmm. constantly remodeling our cabins and working on our properties. And then I was doing some small land developments around there and buildings. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom when I was in the, the building side of things. But when I got here, it was a whole new lifestyle for me that I'd never been exposed to. Yeah. Like we're sitting right now under fluorescent lights. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't live that. Yeah. I didn't know what that was like. Yeah. I laughed one time. I showed up here in the morning. It was dark. And I freaked out because I walked outside at the end of just working and it was dark. And I'd gone, I'd gone in for, as far as I remember, my entire life, I'd gone an entire day and never felt the sun on me. <laughs> you know, I was like, what in the hell have I gotten into? So I needed something, you know, I'm big. Personally, I'm, I'm big on mind, health, and spirit, mind, body, spirit. Yep. I think you personally, I believe you constantly are reading and studying to keep expanding that mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a spiritual person. Yep. So, so I, I believe in you know, I have my religion side and 
my spiritual outlets, and then obviously the health. I was missing that when I got here. Yep. I've got the health of my other lifestyle because I was constantly moving. Using yep. my hands. We're talking about on the construction side. Yeah. Using the hands and moving and things of that nature. And I got here. So anyway, long story short, I was looking for something. And I had no idea. I could not. I tried running. And I'm fit, like I said earlier, I'm 54. Mm-hmm. My knees just, they said, you know what, son, we've had a good time. <laughs> it's, you're on the backside. We're going to cash in on you a little bit. I couldn't find anything. And I, another thing, I couldn't get work out of my head. Like I would go on a, a ride a bike. And all I did the whole damn time was think about work. Yeah. And when I ran, all I could do was think about you know work. Yep. I could not motivate myself. So I swear to God, I just, I saw a guy and uh, he said, have you ever thought of jujitsu? So what in the hell is jujitsu? I'm thinking like Taekwondo. I'm not going to sit there with a bunch of freaking kids and, you know, kick my legs. And spinning back kicks. You know, yeah, well, come on. <laughs> so I got home that night and I started researching jujitsu. I was like, started seeing, the, you know, the, the birth of jujitsu in the streets yeah. and self-defense. Yeah. And then seeing how it came and, you know, brought the fight game into the yeah. you know, UFC and all that. And I was like, wow, this is cool. But I was very intimidated because yeah. I'm old. You know, you want me to carry on with all this? <laughs> yeah. No, it's for hours about it's it. good. I, lo- I love it. This is, I love it. I love it. <laughs> So I was I was intimidated by it, and I heard of Ohana. They're, they they've got a fairly large presence in San Antonio, so I kind of googled something like that. And I walked in that gym there, and I had Professor Bobby, who works with me still today. Mm-hmm. He took me aside, and he did a little drilling with me. And then, like just my first day, he said, "Okay, let's roll." Yeah, I'm like, like, what's ro- what's <laughs> rolling? What do you mean roll? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "I'll make it you, know, you just try to kill me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I haven't gotten to do that in a long time. I was like, <laughs> I want to try to kill something. Like, what in the hell is this? And he handled me like, you know, he's sitting there singing songs while, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get my arm around. He's <laughs> reciting poetry, reading books. And, yeah. and I go, I walked out of there and I go, holy shit, I have to learn this. Yeah. I go, this is unbelievable. And kept going. Yeah. But for an older guy, and you guys, well, y'all know this, as far as, as a sport, it brought back some of my youth yeah, yeah you know it brought back my my competitive side yeah there's nothing competitive about riding a bike through the you know come on i couldn't find it i was like i felt young again i could yeah. compete and the blood was flowing like it never flowed before again i started and the beauty of it i couldn't think we kept talking about all these other things you do for exercise especially my age how damn boring they are because you're thinking about work the whole time yeah well you sure as hell ain't thinking about work when you're rolling people <laughs> that's right I am. you're thinking about how not to die oh no, man <laughs> how not to get shot especially like you me coming up there everybody's killing me and i loved it yeah you know yeah. i told yvonne you know and she goes what happened i go well i this guy, you know, choked me out here. I couldn't, you know, blood I was about to pass out. And then this arm's cranked back here and stuff. And I could actually like you're insane. And I loved it. Yeah. But you can't think. And that's the beauty about training back here every day. Yeah. You know, I come back here and for an hour and a half, it's just me and my guys. Yeah. And we're just together. And I don't think about a damn thing. Yeah. Except what they're teaching and how am I going to get out of this and how am I going to survive that? And my mind is clear. Yeah. And I don't even get that when I sleep. I wake up in the night sometimes and I'm dreaming about work. I'm thinking about this or that. The only time now is that hour and a half where it's all just jujitsu and it's all survival. And it keeps me sane. Yeah, I'm the the same. For me, it's just like the most pure form of meditation you know even if i if i try to actually you know sit and meditate and think of nothing i still think of things yeah. but jujitsu it's it's and i think that's why there's a there's a correlation between like guys doing jujitsu who are also successful in outside of it you know in in business or uh, that that sort of thing because it 
a they do it to clear their mind from the work so it's a but but also there's so much that then you learn like handling pressure yeah i mean if you can handle pressure in when someone's got you in a choke and you've got to think of a way yeah. out your options how many options do i have which one am i going to use yeah. then you can do that in business you gotta meeting. Have a clear head with yeah. severe pressure yeah that's and, right and i laugh you know all the time it's like when i don't think about don't work at all yeah don't get in that time i have to find my peace which is what i laugh all the time i'm a professor all the time it's like find yeah. your peace find your peace but nothing phases you after that yeah that's right i yeah. mean nothing phases you yeah i can go through an entire day and i'm not scared i'm not you know intimidated i i I remain calm. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned real early when he said, you know, just, well, just come kill me. Yeah. You know, well, you don't charge ahead in this stuff. That's right. You learn yeah. real quick and you check your ego. Because I don't know. I took me quite a long time. <laughs> well, there are, there are times don't I, lead with your head and neck. There, yeah. there are times you still say, remember, <laughs> the bull in the china closet has never worked for you. For two yeah. and a half years. But yeah. now that the whole chart is crashing through and charging ahead and the, yeah. the ego check which is we talk about the jiu-jitsu culture i have yet to meet you know it's very rare to meet a real arrogant jiu-jitsu player mm-hmm. yeah if they've been doing it's it a true. long time because oh, yeah. if you're an ego person and you're just arrogant by nature they have destroyed you and you're oh you yeah quit. yeah you, you left you quit that's right like you, you either get in jiu-jitsu i find you either get humbled or you quit yeah. So there's, like you said, there's, there's not really any massive egos. You can there. see that a lot, you know, the new ones that walk in the door and, and, yeah. and if they can't check that ego. Which yeah. You, you almost see in their eyes with the transition of, you know, Some the, the big boys just, I'm going to charge ahead and destroy, you know, I was one of those. I had to check my ego. Yeah. When I've got a 140 pound little guy and, you know, yeah, Bobby's like, well, go roll with him. And I'm, I'm looking at him going, what a waste of my time, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, <laughs> Surrounding me like a snake and stuff, you yeah, know, just yeah. real quick. Yeah. yeah, a little 140 pound library clerk. Yeah, yeah. he's got yeah. my arm. <laughs> he wrote his so he true. wrote his moped. To- yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, that's so true. And for those like for anyone listening who we obviously all do jujitsu, so we know. But for if someone's listening and they don't, with your training, we're generally sparring. Roll, we call it rolling, like every single day, every yeah. every session. Yeah. So you might. I might get you today and then tomorrow you get me. So yeah. there's also not that, that you're not, you're not going a week or a month thinking you're the man. It, every single day, <laughs> every single day, you got to check that. It's ego. a checkpoint. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's, that, it's such a powerful yeah. tool. And I think the whole, like you, you nailed it. You said every day you're going to spar. Yeah. Rolling. Uh-huh. Every day you're going to spar. So unlike a lot of these things, you know, you, you can go in there and you think, well, I'm getting good. You know, I can <laughs> look at me. I can throw a job. I can throw an overhead right to the bag. And, you know, yeah. I can work the speed bag. You know, you start thinking, wow, I'm good. Jiu-Jitsu doesn't allow that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like yeah. every day you're going live and you're going to find out, you know, for real. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that's life. It's so, yeah, it really it is. is. And that, and it's helped me a lot in my Jiu-Jitsu and MMA has helped me a lot in life because you have those. For whatever reason, I could never see a pattern with it either. It, 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 I'd go through this burst where I'd be getting exponentially better for for no seemingly no reason. I'd be training the same amount and everything, and I'd get so much better. And I think, yeah, I'm the man. And then suddenly you go through a slump where nothing yeah. works, and you've got to you've got to talk yourself off a ledge after yeah. every training session. And and you see that in life too. You can be doing. There's times in life you're doing everything right yeah. and things aren't working, and then there's the other times when just everything falls into place and you can't let it go to your head then because you know that the peaks and the troughs are always coming in life, same as in, in jiu-jitsu. It's life, yeah. Right. So and I think that um, another thing is everything's earned through jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yes. Like I, I kind of, I'm so proud of my blue belt. Yeah. 
I mean, who would figure at my age, you know, I look at that blue belt and I take as much pride in it and just about anything I have. Yeah. Because I know how many times I got destroyed. Yeah. You know, by everybody. Yeah. And then the whole, how many hours in the morning I got up where I wanted to sleep in and I didn't want to go. Like, What am I doing? Stuff like that. But you earn it in these sports. Yeah. So true. I remember getting my blue belt and it's same. It's probably my favorite belt, like memory. Just because it was a real turning point when you go from being just a no, well, you're just another white belt, and you're like, now I'm in. I'm in yeah. the club, and now I'm, I, I'm, I can't stop. There's now. no turning back. You're sucked in. And it's so true, like uh, the same as we were talking about with the agricultural side of things in, in jiu-jitsu. It's like, and I think that's why it, why it's such a popular martial art is because even your blue belt is so hard-earned. Yeah. There's other martial arts where you would have a black belt in the time it takes you to get a blue belt, which is the first belt in jiu-jitsu. And it, so it's that a lot of effort for a little reward and they're not everyone in today's society likes that but there's certain people like us that realize that's the part that's the way to success is yeah. is learning that formula and i think it's so important for kids now too to to do something where they've got to grind and work through adversity and get up early and do those things and then they get a reward that means a lot but yeah. it's not spectacular yeah you know? well you like you look at the kids that do the the deal and which is impressive to me right is that how many of these livestock events are going on and they had to buy their livestock a while back yeah i mean it, they, it's not something that these kids have gone and that's right went and bought you know last week or they just they had chickens in the back and they brought them up or you know whatever i mean like you buy your project you buy that thing way ahead of time they're way. gonna put those mornings in like we're talking about exactly when you want to sleep in yeah when you're tired when it's cold whatever you got to get up. You're putting those mornings in in the same manner. And no matter how much money you spend on an animal, you know, I can go in there and drop you know, big dollars yeah. on an animal, right? And I should have a leg up in my competition. But if I don't show up in those mornings and I don't put in the time, and I don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That animal's not going to finish out. Yep. And so they've earned it as well. And I think it's a lot of the ties we're talking about here yeah. as well. It's not something I can just go in and say, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to go pay for the absolute best you know, coach, and I'm going to wear the fanciest clothes and they're going to vote me number one. And, yeah. You know, yeah. no, you got to go earn it. And yeah. there's, a, and there's so many lessons to learn for those kids coming up through that, you know, the first, second, third year that they're doing it, you know, moving from different project to different project or whatever that, you know, you didn't win, but you may have gotten sifted the first three years in a row. Right. But, you know, even in that, you learn so much, you learn, you know, that you can get through those things yeah. that you can get up early like that. No. Well, how much do you, you know, for me, go back to just one last time. I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much do I learn in a role? If I go with a brand new white belt and everything I do works, works. and it's just, you know, what do I learn outside? Okay, well, maybe I learned some, you know, what do I really learn in that role? Yeah. But if I go against an advanced belt and I have to work out of these things and stuff like that, you know, that's where I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, it's through the pressure and the defeat. So what you're talking about, you got to go through that fire to really Learn. And you see those those accomplishments in it. Like uh, there's a guy that that I roll with when he's there, and he's you know we're close to the same age and stuff. And and Mike Longo, and he's he's a big dude, and and he's always been one belt ahead of me, right? And I remember the first time that like I made it through six minute round, and he did not choke me out. That's like. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 you know, he had me in a position the whole time, but I got up and I was like, it's an accomplishment that you did yeah. not choke me. Yeah. Right. I got through that. And you didn't choke. Like that was a big deal. Hey, man, that's my whole life now. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But those, but that is it, right? It's that you learn so much 
through, like, I think you learn the most through your failures, For sure. right? Those are the things you remember. I mean, it's, and that's, I think a lot of people don't get that haven't had the chance to push themselves because they're, they have a fear of failure. It's like, man, it's the failure that what makes, what makes you good. You know, like nobody, yeah. nobody's sitting there walk, walking out going, man, I just, I just win. I just win. That's easy. There, there's nothing wrong with failure. No. And getting over that fear and, you know, go back to work here. We talk about that a lot on our staff here. You know, when I came in, I said, I want you guys to take risk. I want yeah. to push the limits here. We're going to take calculated risk. I don't want you to run off the cliff, you know, do your homework and stuff. We're going to take risk. And then there's no fear and failure. No. Yeah. If you did your homework and you did what you're supposed to do and we try something and we fail at it, that's okay. We learn from it. Well, how many times is the next phase? Yeah. How many times is that like a hard thing in business for somebody to like to create better management coming up? Right. Is, you know, how do you make those young, those young new college graduates going through? Like you got to let them fall. And, you know, sometimes as management makes it cost you some. But at the same time, you know, you're not going to get them to move up in the up in management or create a better and stronger team to support you. If you don't create that strength, same struggle for them. I have a fairly young staff, you know, inside of here. We run very small. We're, we're, I think we said about 30 employees wow. with 6,000 volunteers. So got a lot of management there. Wow. But inside of our staff here, that's right. That's, again, the culture that we were creating. A lot of them, it, it took a little bit. Yeah. You know, they were very hesitant. But one more time back to equating to jiu-jitsu, we keep asking our parallels of business. You know, if I learn a loop choke and every single time I roll, that's all I do. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, okay, I get good at it. But that's all I do. What happens when I go against that person that knows it's coming and knows how to defend it? And I've got nothing else. And I don't experiment. I'd rather experiment with other things and fail so my game starts expanding. Yes. You know, and business, it cures the same way. Now, that's what I've tried to tell them. I'm like, you know, we're not, we just got to win more than we fail. Yeah. Right? So don't be scared to take these things. As long as we thought them through and we've learned it right and we keep pressing it. And it was funny to me that, um, you know, a lot of them did, didn't, it took a bit. Yeah. yeah. There was fear. Yeah. Same thing we fear or I fear like when I first walk on the mats or yeah. things like that. You know, there, there was fear. Like, oh, I don't want to fail. You know, I can't fail. And yeah. that's yeah. bad. And I'm, it's bad for my ego. And you know, all these things are in play. And like, check your ego at the door and go out. And yeah. Try it. And that's so that's to me is, is such a powerful thing. What you just said it, about the staff being younger and having that fear of failure. I mean, a fear of failure, it's not really age related, but I, I think. So much today we see, and that's why Todd and I wanted to do this podcast, and we're getting it from every single successful guest we have on saying the same thing. And it's that, it's like, what is failure? You know, everyone says failure, it shouldn't be the scary thing. Like a real failure would be to not try because you're too scared of failure, right? And and it's these people that are great in their field are the ones saying that, but it's because they've gone out, they've realized, as the old saying goes, failure isn't fatal, you've got to, You've got to throw your hat in the ring. And I think the risk for the younger generation today is with social media, everyone's putting up their victories. No one puts up their losses, right? That's absolutely so right. So there's yeah. this false reading of, well, they're, they're, that's my hero and he never loses. They never lose. They never struggle. And that's why what we wanted to we, we do this podcast and have talks with guys like you to talk about like struggle is part of the game. I take pride in this struggle. Yeah. I, mean, I, I actually take pride in some of my failures. Yeah. I'm like, I stepped out like that and we tried it and it worked because I learned from it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but you're 100%, you know, something very important the social media aspect. Yeah. And the false perception out there on social media. And I don't want to keep bagging on the younger generation. They're, they're, they're awesome. They blow me out of the water in so many things. Yeah. But I think as you get older, you realize you can get kicked in the teeth and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can still stand up. 
And I think that, you know, we're missing some of that right now. Yeah. 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 I was lucky. I was just too dumb to know I shouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sometimes well, they oh, shouldn't do this. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I just go and do it again. Well, I like, think I was, I was so like, you know, blinded by what I was doing. Like I was just tunnel vision that I didn't look around enough to see yeah. what was happening, to see the, the falseness of like people putting out their videos, yeah. but I was like you, I was lucky. I, I get that a lot with like either, you know, it can be like young trainers or, you know, aspiring people that want to train or like people that are riding their horses and they're, they want to go, they want to compete, but you know, they, they're sitting back going, well, I need to be, and I get to the point where I'm, I'm good before I go and show. And it's like, man, you'll never know what's expected of you. Yeah. in the show pen if you don't go on show like yeah. you don't even know what you what good yeah. is and that was that's that fear of, of failure and wanting to be perfect in what you're doing and and i just you know i just did it because i wanted to do it like yeah and, and when i go to compete whether it's it's jujitsu or whether it's horses or whatever else it is that is my gauge to see where i'm at it's not it, my my performance whenever i'm going in there is to see if I've improved from where the last time I went in is, yeah. you know, and then from there, you know, know where my net game, but I can't know where my game is at without rolling, yeah. without at least doing that much less than whenever you do go to compete, there's a whole different game, right? Right. Cause you go in and you go in and it's on the line and this one, this role counts, this is it. And you're going against somebody equal, equal, same age, same weight, same belt, same everything else. It's like, okay, sure put it on the yeah. line and see yeah. what it is. And, and that's where, you know, it's, it's a little unnerving, but it's also, you know, it's testing that part out under pressure. It's yeah. a different pressure, but it's a pressure, right? You got to engage in life, right? right you exactly. can't sit on the sidelines and just wait for, you want to be a participant, I'm sitting not there, a spectator. I laugh all the time. There's been many times when ah, I'm just going to get, you know, I'm going to eat a little bit cleaner for a couple of days or, you know, get, I'm going to go get my cardio back a little bit. What are you talking about? You just got to go engage. Yeah. yeah. There's no such yeah. thing. That's it. Uh, yeah. Then my wife makes cookies and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to eat cleaner. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> no, that that reminds me of this guy I was talking to years ago. He obviously was doing like he was doing jujitsu and he had an interest in MMA and he he was asking me and wanted to get into it. And then he said, well, "I think I'm gonna get. I think what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get my black belt in jujitsu before I start MMA." I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> uh -uh, just dive in." Because well, yeah. man, the reality is he probably would he'd get his black belt start in MMA and he'd get beaten by a purple belt. Yeah. You know, like people forget. Like, and they crush you. I was yeah. a purple belt when I got in the UFC. And Mate Diaz, when he started in the UFC, he was a purple belt. Cer Donald Cerrone. It's because so much of it is just throw your hat in the ring. And like you said, Todd, that's where you're testing and learning. So it's not like I need to be the expert before I get there because it's the path to being good is is engaging. You got to engage. You got to engage, you know. But I'm so, sitting here right now and the whole, um, I keep thinking about it. The stuff, these the fight sports stuff, is partly yeah. into what's happening in the stock show right now. Yeah, we sat back there in this very room right here that we're sitting in, and we pulled everybody in, and we said, "All you have your departments, all you have your roles like that. I want you to take absolutely everything you know and throw it out the window. Yeah, and start from ground zero. Yeah, and figure out how to make this work. You know, how do we handle testing at the gates? How do we handle? You know, we can't settle the public. The music industry shut down. We can't book the bands and stuff like that. How am I going to fill the AT and T center with that? You know, how are we going to test the contestants? Are they even going to be out there? How many of them, you know, are left? What do we do with our county officials? I'm just curious, like, what are you going to do to accommodate 
like the other spectators of of the you know want to watch their kids uh, show and compete in the we're the limiting we're course. limiting the bands wristbands right of how yeah. many people can come so we take a building and we now have precedent out there in the state of Texas of what you know occupancy inside of these right. things we we've lived with this long enough that we now have some things to work with are you going to do anything for the ones that can't come are, uh, like like are you going to live stream any of it we live stream we have a big uh, we call it it's Expo Hall two here. Yeah, and we will be live streaming the rodeo inside of that thing. Um, we'll be live streaming the the uh, competitions, auction. You know, it's a live yeah. stream location. It's a big area where we can run it, kind of like you're used to in restaurants with the spacing out there and stuff like that. Yeah, you wear a mask when you're moving around, but if you're at your table with your people, you don't have to. So we will be live streaming a lot of that stuff, and that's a great point. I mean, this is one of the things we had to create. Yeah, when in the hell have we ever had to like worry about live streaming all this stuff? Yeah, these, no all kidding. These, all these people. So you know, we had to create that, but it goes back to. The, all the things we're talking about that parlay into business. Like one, we're not quitting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's start at the very basics of bidding. We will not back down. We're going to find a way out. And then number two, recreate absolutely everything and check your eagles at the door. I don't need people here that are scared because like they can't do something because their personal pride is on the line. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, that's like what our country's built on. Man. It is. I like that's, that's what makes that, that is what's going to survive this whole crazy thing we're going through are the ones that are just like, okay, so here it is. We'll embrace this. We'll figure this out. And we're going to persevere and go through it. We're going to make it happen. We're going to find a way. We will not back down until we're dead. Literally, uh-huh. You're going to kill me yeah. to stop this. And we're going to go all the way through. And we're going to figure out how to get out of this. And we're going to, we're going to be creative and we're going to learn and we're not going to be scared. And we're going to fail on some things, except yeah. yes. we will not win everything. We're going to fail on some things and that's okay. Yeah. We're not going to be scared of that. And we're not going to blame people. We're not going to, you know, we're going to move forward and on stuff. And when I was talking about educating the youth in many areas besides just the finances, that's the type of stuff I'm hoping that all these kids that come down here will learn in a subtle way. But you know what? In San Antonio, they pressed on. Yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not faulting any of my counterparts out there. Wow. We all have a different world we have to work oh, tough. But I want them to learn that, that, that we found a way. All these stupid little things we're having to do, like the wristbands you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, who would figure we'd ever have to do wristbands and limit how many people can go in and watch a child compete? Whoever right. figured we'd be in that type of environment? But it is what it is, and we didn't stand down. We did not quit. We didn't shut the doors. We found a way to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. We found a way to work within the environment that we have. And I'm hoping the youth is watching that because you talk about our states that we live, how we were built and where we came from and all of our history and right here that we're sitting right now in San Antonio. This is, we were built and we survived upon that type of person exactly. and that type of attitude. That's the ones that carried us across. Not the bureaucracy, not, I mean, none of that bullshit carried us to where we are right now. It was the people that would not back down and found a way out and would not be cornered. And all They're the ones that got us to where we are. Yep. And that's the attitude we need in this youth coming up. I'm done. I mean, I laugh all the time. I'm 54. I'm on the backside, right? Yeah. I'm running out of time. What the hell? I had a good run. <laughs> but all those kids coming up, we have to. We've got install. a responsibility in oh. that sense, too. Right. Yeah, I think that's something that I hope because, you know, and anybody that listens to this, right, I would think that because I'm, like I said before, I'm like, I'm as hard-headed a redneck as there is, Right. And, um, but you know what, that while we come and we go and we bring these kids up here, the parents that are my age and thereabouts, you know, you can have your attitude and you're upset about the way that things are, but remember why and who you're doing it for. And the way you act is your representative of that too. Like those kids are, if you're walking around and you're frowning and whatever else, upset about that, man, they're watching you put a smile on your face. Because we're, this is the attitude behind it. This is the spirit behind it is that we will overcome and we will yep. do. But we can teach our kids now with the same deals that we're doing that 
we will persevere. We, that's the kind of people we are. That to me has been literally the driving force behind every morning in here. Good. For me, it has been a personal, I mean, I get energized. Like, you know what? I don't throw anything at me. I do not care. But we're going to show those kids and we're going to find a way out of this because my kids are watching me at home. Yeah. Right. And every other kid out there is watching this. And that is our responsibility that you're talking about. Yeah. We're going to show them that we will not stand down. We're going to pull this off. I'm going to have to make sacrifices. Yeah, we have to make sacrifices. (laughs) Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have my kids watch you instead of some of the dumb things I do. <laughs> no, <laughs> trust me, my kids are like, Dad, shut up and watch somebody else. You know what it's like. Dad could never, Dad could never win. <laughs> no, man. no, that's exactly that's inspiring stuff. Yeah, I, really like, I, was, I was saying to Todd coming in, like you guys just you got the show done last year, right before the lockdowns all started. Oh man, like man, weeks. Like skinny, you yeah, by weeks, you know, right? my knees, like Lord, I don't know what I did. You know. But thank you. Yeah. yeah so no just kidding. Two weeks later, yeah. the world turns upside down. Yes. Oh, and the effects of that. Like, that was one of the things that, like, I think a lot of people don't realize. Like, a lot of the problems that we had with beef shortage and all that other yeah. stuff, that was that was because all of those auctions didn't happen at Houston. And all that projects that those kids had, the other communities had to take them in and have them processed. Yeah. And, and we weren't and, built for that systematically. We that wasn't part of our system. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was thrown into the local end of, of the butchers that were just completely calling in to try and uh, set up uh, one of the steers going, <laughs> one of our steers going in. It was like, well, it'll be November. I'm like, November. Yeah. No, sir. We're any of the little boys are all backlogged. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you had to drive. You had to drive past Divine in order to haul anything in to get it processed. People don't realize how much is affected, how deep, and how many years. Like you're talking about, people don't think about that, right? No, you know, I think they, you know, there's so, but the majority, a lot of the population lives in a concrete, man-made jungle. You can be inspired by a hanging piece of art, but you drive right by a, a tree and nonchalantly pass by not even considering photosynthesis is being done by that little green leaf that you just put right. like it's incredible the things around us that's what agriculture gets us to actually get to see and, and be a part of that's right right yeah. and it goes back to i was saying you know earlier i'm from believer you know there's greater things than us oh yeah you've got to check and think we're just a little piece of the, or bigger things than us and that's what you're talking about I think most yeah. ag kids know that. Yeah. Inherently, they feel what you're talking about, that type of stuff. And they realize we're not it. You know, no. there's a, there's, there's a, it's so much greater. You live in that concrete box and you read a bunch of books and stuff like that. And you start thinking you're it. Yeah. Because yeah. you yeah. haven't been in the game. That's it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. You know, it, it really is. And you can believe what you want to believe. It, and we see this all the time in jujitsu, right? That you and or, or any kind of that deal like that, you can believe what you want to believe, and you can think that it all works. But it all, when it when it hits the mat, that's when you're going to put the test. <laughs> reality, how, reality yeah. is about to hit you. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes reality sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, reality sucks lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that uh, you're you're dead on of everything you're saying about you know these kids experience and stuff like that. I think that um, you know being out there in the dirt, somehow being in the dirt. Yeah, there it is. makes it real. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. I, this has been a great conversation. Yeah. I, I've really. I love it. it. I, I talk this all day long. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm a, you know, yeah. like I said, there's so many parallels in what you guys do, and obviously you're working a little agriculture. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know you're from ag, and the jujitsu parallels, and it all ties. Yes. In a weird way, but I was, I think I was mentioned earlier. I literally can walk into a room, and if they say, you know, this guy over here does jujitsu. Oh really? And they say, well, he's you know, I, he's an advanced belt. Automatically, no. Yeah, I know a whole lot about him right there. There's somebody I can count on. And it's similar in agriculture. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, I can go to somebody and, and I walk in a room and like, yeah, this guy's, you know, been a rancher for such a, automatically. I'm like, yeah. I know all the battles he's been through. I know a lot about his character and stuff like that. It's, it's very, it's very similar. Yeah. 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 And as Todd said, like it's the, the chat we've had, I've, I've enjoyed it today, but I think the stuff we talked about today, there's been no more important time ever than right now to be talking about this stuff, you know, because yeah. just the state of the world right now, it's a shift. There's a shift or they could, you know, it's at a turning point. And I think the more people out there spreading the message like you are and like you are through this rodeo of not giving up and persevering and finding a way to win. Yeah. We need the, the next generation needs that. They need it badly. Yeah. They're not time. being taught it in the schools. Mm. They're not being taught it through the sports they're doing now. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, and again, I'm making I'm making blanket statements. Yeah. Um, obviously there's lots of exceptions and stuff yeah. like that. But I don't see it in the manner that we learned coming up in sports like yeah. that. You know, I, I had no problem. By the time I was 18, I knew there was always a winner. Oh yeah. And somebody was, you know, and I was not born to dunk basketballs, and that's just life. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, I, and this guy's gonna blow me off the track when I line up in the blocks and that's just life. And yeah, you, know, you, you learn that stuff and nobody, my feelings weren't hurt. Those are important. Lessons. I didn't need to hide anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And and more than just some, you know, and like, like you said, I'm not trying to bag out the next generation. It's not the generation I feel sorry for them, but it's, it's sometimes the systems around them being set up. Not only is it not teaching them those lessons, it's, it's teaching the opposite lessons, yes. you know, and that's what's even worse is not only are they not learning how to deal with loss and that sort of thing. They're being told that you are always going to be a winner yeah. and yeah. you are always going to be, you know, this and everything you do is good enough. Like I like being told, like if I'm out riding for Todd and what I'm doing is not good, not right. Yeah. I like it when he tells yeah. me because it means that tomorrow I'm going to be better. Whereas imagine if, if I knew today that I'm just forever now, everyone's going to bubble wrap me and I'm never going to get better. Quite frankly, how how boring would life be? Oh man! Oh, yeah. So if everything I showed up to, they're like, oh yeah, that's good enough. Well, yeah. you know, I think something <laughs> that's kind of real important to acknowledge too right now is that not every, especially not now, that you know, it's becoming less and less of a common thing for a complete family to be around, right? And so leadership within families, oftentimes now, is not as plentiful as it once was, you know. And so, you know, we get, sometimes we get leadership from, you know, from our grandparents and stuff. And, but there's a lot of kids out there that don't have that. And the, one of the few places they have is in sports or in some kind of yeah. style of recreation. And if your only source of truth is, is really not truth that, you know, you're good enough, that's good enough. And, you know, you're all going to be okay. And we're all, we all did put in that kid and put in a lot more effort and you didn't, but you can still get the same rewards too. Right. Like the, we're setting them all up for failure. Yeah. I mean, one hundred percent. Back to what was being said earlier. Already. I mean, we're, are we really being nice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're not. We're not really being nice to them. Yeah, no. And, and I, you know, I go one bag, just to, you know, bagging on the kids and stuff. The I, I got to say, these kids that are down here, the kids that are coming to compete, mm-hmm. things like that. That's the generation I want underneath me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Those kids are are, are in. Yeah, we have a bunch of good kids out there. That's good. We just have to arm them. Yeah, exactly. We, we have to do our job of. Yeah, you. They have to be shown what truth is that not everybody wins. Right. Truth is that does not mean that you are lesser value, right? I mean, that's right. the other part about it is it doesn't mean it doesn't mean just because you didn't win and you're not first place, your work wasn't of no value whatsoever. Or you have no value. 
right? I mean, you still got a value. Everybody's got a role on a value, and you, you find what you're good at, and, and there's, it's all just life. Yeah, and you know, and that's where you find the grit, the determination to pick it up, and that's what the hopefully that's what you're going to get them to carry on with life. I didn't win, you know, the pig sale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even come I've close. Lost, I've lost plenty, <laughs> but I, I think that I've got to reiterate these. We, we got them. Kids are there. Yeah. These ones yeah. come in here. I'm so damn proud of them. That's cool. It yeah. is great. And then one other thing, again, going back to just one last time, <laughs> because how it equates to this office yeah. and how it equates to life with these yeah. kids and what we're doing as a show. Another thing I learned about it, when I walked in there, I'm, I'm at my age and, and, you know, point of life, married, all the kids, all that kind of stuff. And I walk on those mats here in that gym and you have 100% diversity. Yeah. It doesn't matter what color you are, religion, race. Economic status, nobody gives a damn. Yeah. Right? You're all united in this one thing to work together and make each other better and enjoy the sport and stuff like that. And there, I walk in there and it's so nice. It really is. Because all I hear all day long is division and you're this and we're this and I'm this and this and this. And you walk in there on those mats. There's no weight class in the class. That's right. Who gives a damn? Like, no. I don't give a crap who no you are. Weight class, no weight class, no Yeah. And, and I'm the same way. Like, yeah. I don't care how old you are. I'm going to try to choke you out. Yeah. And it's all, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. And that can be carried over in our society as well. Yeah. It can be carried over in these office walls and with what we're doing out there as well. Yeah. That's, that's a lesson that we need to be learning these kids too. There's too much division. Yeah. We're living right now. Everybody puts himself in a corner. And, you know, it's okay to have some differences. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, when you start pitting yourself against you all the time, then there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Yep. So I couldn't agree. It's another thing that carries over into, and we, we preach that inside these walls as well, too. Yeah. I mean, we were, leave it, leave it. Check your ego, and, and that stuff is over. Yeah. There's going to be differences in us, and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as we have a common goal, that we're moving towards. Yep. Yeah. You know, there's that's the reason why honor and respect but they, they it's always thrown in as family it's one of the things you don't see in a lot of the other martial arts right that's, mm. that's spoken of like that i've seen that i've taken notice of in jujitsu is that different age groups and like they got i got kids that are rolling in our class we've got the old guys that are rolling you got the young th- kids that think they're going to make the ufc yeah. you know you got everything in between right and we all walk on there and we're all trying our darnest to do whatever. And everything's checked. And you exactly. And, you know, politics and your liking of whatever and where your you know roots came from. Like yeah. nobody's caring none about that Nothing. stuff. And it's know? beautiful. It really is. It really yeah. is. And, you know, it, it really is what's made this country beautiful. Right. Yeah. Is, is all that diversity. Back to right? who we were when we came from. But it's finding yeah. that commonality in it. It's finding commonality in the struggle and then the diversity, too. Yeah. Right. That it's not a family of only these guys or it's only killers that are allowed in here. You know, it's yeah. it's a family of, you know, uh, it's a brotherhood. It's a yeah. family. And, and and that's all birthed through the struggle. I think that's the yeah. coolest part about it. Yeah, it is. That's where the strongest ties come from, right? Absolutely. Just through the struggle. When you struggle, you got to struggle through things together to have that real bond. Yep. yep. So, And you know, that is like the epitome of what we're missing right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're taking this struggle and we're all sitting, there's no unity in it. And there's no tying anybody together. The leadership of what's going on right now, the politicians in it are about worried more about diversifying and being Absolutely. right than sitting and pulling everybody together. Mm-hmm. And like that's, so that's what I see in what you're doing is like good, proper leadership is someone that ties all that stuff together and creates unity through it. Not, you know, going pitting everybody against each other, but like, how do we get together, struggle through this and create a common bond 
yep. and, a, and a purpose in what we're doing. Yep. Uh, Agreed. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, man. Stuff. man, it's been a good yeah. chat, Cody. Yeah, guys, I, I I love it. You know, I appreciate yeah. you guys coming in and uh, give me an opportunity to talk about things I love. Yeah, yeah. man. No, it's it, that I was on the edge of my seat hearing again it happens every time we do a podcast but i'm i learn a bunch today off you about and it sounds like you're running a, yeah. a, an amazing tight ship here with mm-hmm. uh good as todd said good leadership and and i think you doing what you do doing jujitsu and having done what you've done allows you to do that like no doubt we've got great people you know what it is yeah you yeah always surround yourself with great yeah, people. I, I, I take i take no credit i have great people around me they respond to the things we're talking about yeah that's how you surround yourself with great people can you respond to these things that we're talking about they respond to it and i'm surrounded by greatness here and then being around guys like you it's we're very comfortable to talk to you so we talk about obviously about the bonding on the front side yeah. the commonality ground that we have and stuff like that so yeah i mean i appreciate you guys coming in and, and giving me a chance to talk about you know what we're trying to do down here and then we're not where we started it's not just a good old boys club throwing a rodeo there's a reason behind it yeah. So I appreciate you guys letting me watch yeah. that. Yeah, you bet. We and and if we have the time afterwards, after you get through this crazy phase of <laughs> getting through this run, I'm sure you and and probably get a like a week's worth of rest after this too. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'd love to come back and talk to you and, and just kind of recap and you know. Yeah. I, I think that's the cool part too is being able to come back afterwards and visit and and just you know, there's always some cool stories within. Oh you yeah. Know, the struggle of doing it and and being able to hear like you know some kid coming through it or you see some you know the most rewarding ones are the ones that come back and say you know this thing you know from this is where I become you know whatever and and and, and you feel like you make an impact. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I'd love to talk to you. You know, we can we can recap the failures we had, yeah, and what we learned from them, and it's okay. Yeah, we might have to sneak in here and get into the early morning roll, swear yeah. roll it here yeah. one day. Yeah, y'all, can, y'all come beat on me some. Come on, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll make it. Put my regular routine every morning. You choked <laughs> out my friends. Yeah, let's do it. We'll come in for sure. All right. Thanks for having us. It's been yeah. awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Pleasure Appreciate it, Cody. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.